helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Do you know you have a conflict style that can either help or harm your ability to experience healthy conflict in your relationship? Today we'll be exploring five unique conflict styles that have both their advantages and disadvantages. So stay tuned to learn what style you may fit into and how it may be affecting the relationships you're in today. We also want to remind you that this is part two of a three-part series exploring the topic of conflict in relationships. Last week, we explored healthy conflict. And if you want to listen to that show, we encourage you to go to our website at elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelt E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. Or you can call us toll-free at one 544 3546. Again, that's 1-877-544-3546. And we'd be happy to give you a copy of last week's show. We also want to invite you to join us again next week. Well, we'll be looking at part three of this series where we're going to explore strategies for healthy conflict. But today we're going to be exploring, as I say, the different types of conflict styles. So I encourage you to get a pen, be ready to jot some stuff down. And we really encourage you to try to think about your relationships and what characteristics of these styles that we're going to be describing you may fit in. I'm excited to learn about where I fit in as well. And if you're wondering who I am, my name is Melissa Waggett, and I am the co-host of this show. This is the Life Transformation Radio Show. We are so happy that you've decided to join us this week. If you want to find out more about our past episodes, again, you can go to that website at elamcounselingministry.com. Elam, again, is E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. Or you can always call us at one 544 3546 And while, we're there, we encourage, while you're there, we encourage you to also check out the um, awesome resources we have on our website, as well as explore some information about the counseling services that we provide, as well as more information about our program overall. We've mentioned multiple times in the past, we are a nonprofit or organization. And part of the reason we're able to do this show each and every week and also provide counseling services at a subsidized rate for people who need it most is by donations from people like yourself. So while you're on that website, if you feel led to give us a donation, we strongly encourage you to do so. It really is a blessing to the people we serve in this ministry. But I am not flying solo on this uh, show. For those of you who've joined us over the weeks, you know who's with me in studio is Michael Hart. He is an award award-winning psychotherapist, and he is the director of Elam Counseling Services. And he and I are going to be exploring this topic of conflict styles together. And I'm wondering, Michael, if you know your conflict style, you're, you're the expert in this. Have you spent some time yourself reflecting on where you fit in in this, um, the conflict styles we're going to describe today? Well, I don't want to give it away. As I get to it, I'm going to talk about it later on in the show, because I think it's somewhere down in the list. And so it's going to be one of those that we talk about, maybe number three or four in the list. I think it's going to be my conflict style. So I'm going to keep the audience in suspense to see where they think I fit in in terms of a conflict style. And I think uh, some of these styles are not necessarily the most healthy. Mine is not necessarily the most healthy either. But I think it is something that I'm working to change. And I think we all have patterns of dealing with conflict that we we need to work 
to change. So we're going to be looking at these five conflict styles and the advantages and disadvantages and and what which is the most healthiest. And uh, so stay tuned. Yeah, and as you say, I'm glad you brought up healthy in that last that last line there because last week we did talk a lot about how conflict in relationships when done correctly is actually really healthy and beneficial and so if you don't believe us we do encourage you to listen to last week's show because we really explored that in depth because it really does bring a lot of life and vitality and growth to us as individuals and us as a couple when we have healthy conflict present. Right. So just as you were explaining the three parts, I just wanted to clarify that the first part where we did healthy conflict, what we did was just to uh, look at the the benefits of having conflict in a relationship. So the third part, when we'll be look, we'll be looking more at strategies in terms of how to have healthy conflict in your relationship. So the two shows are going to be very different. We're going to be given strategies in the last show as to how to improve your conflict style. But today we want to be looking at conflict style just for you to be able to listen in and to identify where in these five conflicts you fit. And to make it very understandable, we're going to be using a case study. And this case study that we're going to be using today involve a fight that is going on in a relationship between I call this couple Jack and Jill. I hope there is no Jack and Jill out there and that we're not talking about an actual Jack and Jill. I was Jill. going to say any we're just using the the names because Exactly. Any resemblance to anyone in our life or beyond is purely yes, coincidental. Yes. And we may be a little bit stereotypical, but it's for the purposes of illustration. And this is not about anyone not we about know. Anybody that so we do know. not feel convicted, and this, friends and family and this who are is a listening. Very common fight that exactly. a lot of couples have. So it's going to be about finances. It's going to be a fight about finances and some of the way this fight might play out uh, in the different conflict styles. Exactly. So I'm wondering, Michael, if you can begin to paint this picture of Jack and Jill who are entering in this conflict. Describe a little bit about the conflict they're having um, and how they're approaching it and how that approach is reflecting a certain style. Right. So the first co- the first conflict style is what I call the competing conflict style. And there is usually a lot of chaos and arguments and big fights in this in this type of, of conflict style if, if this represents your relationship. So everything seems as if you're competing against each other and, and it can be big argument, but it can also be in more subtle forms. So let us look at the at the, the two different styles. So so the first one is the more subtle kind, which we call indirect competition. So indirect competition is where a couple, a person in a relationship, let us use this in this sake, we will say uh, Jill. Jill might agree to say, yes, I I, I think we are spending too much uh, monthly on on, uh, entertainment or things that we don't really need or, you know, I'm shopping too much, so I think I need to 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 spend less and so there is an agreement but then what end up happening is that the the next uh visa bill comes in and the husband realizes jack in this case realizes that he can't find the visa bill like it is looking for it the days of past and still there is no bill and then somewhere like maybe three weeks after the bill is due he said to 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 jill jill has the bill come in and then reluctantly she says yes but she has hidden this 
Mrs. Billaway because she didn't want Jack to see that she continued her spending in the same to the same extent as before. So here it is that she's competing indirectly. She's not saying I disagree with you. She's not voicing her disagreement, but nevertheless she is competing. She's opposing his wishes. So we see that first first type of competitiveness. But the second type of competitiveness is what I call power play competitiveness. And this is which you have the big fight. This is which you'll have people will go face to face and they're both saying, I, I, I need to spend more. Jack Jill in this case will say, it's my money. It's my paycheck. I work hard for this. And how dare you tell me what I'm supposed to spend? And and uh, Jack will say, well, we, we, we are struggling to meet our, 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 to pay our bills. And so we need to cut back because we're going in debt. And so there is this big argument and there was, there is this big, big fight. And then uh, in power play, uh, people can go to what we call the non-coercive type of power play where they are trying to persuade each others by arguments and logic and so forth. But then the second is the more coercive uh, power play where you have threats and insults. So Jill might get to the point where she actually say, well, if I can buy this new coat that I want, then your mother-in-law is not going to be coming over at Thanksgiving because we can't afford that turkey anyway. And so, and so there is this there is this fight that's mm-hmm. going on, and and it's back and forth. That's and exactly insults it. And threats are being used. And those put down. Sometimes I'm thinking where it's if you only made more money, or if you worked harder, or had that better job. It's that in your face. What probably most people think of when they hear the word conflict right. is we are having it out. And um, getting into it with each other. Yes. So what is behind these competing styles and is it healthy? Well, I think what's behind this competing style is a level of selfishness where a lot of times people in this kind of a a pattern in their relationship tends to be very self-centered. So they tend to see everything through through. Uh, uh, to their eyes and what's important to them. There is no sense of us or there is no sense of the other. And when you're in a relationship like that, it's very difficult because you're always, you feel as if you're always running into a brick wall with every idea that you come up with, every suggestion that you made, you make. And this selfishness is eating away at the fabric of your relationship and creating a lot of discord. Another thing that might be behind this conflict style is generational curse because some people see saw this pattern between their parents growing up and they adopt those same kind of pattern. When we looked at the biblical story of of Jacob and the family and and Rebecca and the family in in which uh, that that uh, story played out, we saw that in the story we had a lot of competition going on, where where you know that Jacob and Esau were being treated differently by their parents and there was a sort of split like each parent were competing for their own interests in this story. And so yeah, you can see how when you've learned that pattern growing up or that's all you've seen as a model, 
it can be really easy to get stuck in those patterns because you're almost going on autopilot in that case. And when you're in that sort of rage mode, you just don't see outside. Yes. So, so it was Isaac and Rebecca, right? Were, were the parents. And we see that, uh, Rebecca had this kind of selfishness where she tried to even deceive, deceive, uh, Isaac into blessing Jacob instead of blessing Esau. And so that's a, a biblical example of how competition, uh, works out in relationship. She was not saying to, to Jacob's, to, to Isaac face that I don't think you should be blessing Jacob first, uh, Esau first. I, I prefer Jacob because had she done that, then they could have a conversation about it. But she went behind, uh, Isaac's back and deceived him into giving the blessing of the birthright to the younger son, Jacob, in this case. And so what other conflict styles do people get trapped in? Uh, the other conflict style is avoiding. And avoiding is this conflict style where people tend to be very passive. So let's use the example of Jack and Jill and the spending, the argument, or the, the, the conflict over how the finances are supposed to be spent. Now, Jill might not uh, agree with our Jack is going about spending the household resources, but she might say nothing. Jack might go out and buy that new sport car, and uh, Jill know that they cannot afford it, but she will say nothing. She'll be passive. But let me say that even when you're being passive, it will come out in other ways. Because people who tend to be passive, their body language sometimes gives away that they're not happy with what is being said. So let me say you cannot not communicate. You communicate by your body language. You communicate by not being as loving, as an, as affectionate, as you as 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 you would in a healthy relationship so you're always communicating so even passive people who are not dealing with the conflict in a healthy way they are nevertheless communicating so avoiding uh, can be done in passive ways but avoiding can also be done in more indirect way. So again, to the example of Jack and Jill, Jill might not agree with though that sport car, but uh, she might hint at the neighbor across the, the road and say, well, look at, look at, look at uh, Harry. Harry has a, a 2005 and they seem to be happy with it. And why can't you, you know, just be like Harry or she might give mocking jokes about, uh, about expensive cars or, 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 little little hints that suggest that she is not totally happy so if if J- if jack were supposed to be paying attention he might at some point say to her are you are you against me buying this car but she might say no oh, no, no no it's fine but then it's coming out in jokes it's coming out in hints and it is coming out in these in these indirect way so if jill is a real spiritual woman she might take this a step further, right? And she might have a Bible study on finances. I'm just, I'm just picturing them going to the Bible bookstore. A 10-week small group Bible study where she invites all her friends and a co- other couples and her husband has to sit there as they discuss how a man of God should spend responsible mm-hmm. and provide for his household and so forth. So she's getting the message yeah. across, but in an indirect and way. And let me guess, Jill too also opens up the 
prayer of that small group with the Lord open our eyes to our spending ways. Yes. Specifically, my husband sitting to my right. Like one of those, I love those prayer bombs sometimes yes, we throw yes. where it's the in the very passive Christianese. Yes. We're good at that. Um, that'd be a fun Bible study to attend. If you're just joining us and you're wondering what Bible study we're talking about, we're not actually. We're talking about conflict styles and how it impacts our relationships. If you've missed the first half of today's show, we encourage you to go to our website at elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. Or you can call us at one 877 544 3546. Again, 1 877 544 3546 to get a copy of today's show. We also want to remind you this is part two of a three part series. You can listen to part one on our website and you can also tune in next week to hear part three where we're going to be talking about strategies for having healthy conflict in our relationships. So, Michael, we're going through these conflict styles and we just finished talking about some of the ways we spiritualize the um, way we avoid conflict. But I'm also wondering why we avoid conflict in the first place. Why are we running from this to begin with? Well, some people might see conflict as a bad thing. It means that we are not Christian if we're, if we're having a conflict. You know, we should, if we are both believers, we should agree on everything. So the fact that we are going to be disagreeing over something, we might see it as being unscriptural. But let me point out again that if you missed last week's show, you should uh, listen to it because we pointed to a number of biblical references that show that Jesus did not avoid conflict. Jesus actually confronted conflict head on. So this notion that if you're a believer, you should not have conflict is, is, is not biblically accurate. So in Matthew 18, for example, Jesus specifically stated that if your brother be overtaken in a fault, and the term brother is used there to denote the closest of relationship. And so if you are in a relationship with someone and they're, they're overtaken in a fault, meaning that they do something that you do not like or you disagree with, Matthew 18, 15 tells us that we're supposed to go to that person and have a dialogue with that person. So people avoid conflict because of of that uh, misunderstanding of the Bible. But I also think that people have uh, bad examples of how conflict should be. Uh, should be handled in their childhood. And so they might have come out of a home situation where uh, the fights were, were, were very toxic, very big uproars, and there might even have been physical violence in their home life growing up. And so conflict is tied or linked to all of that. So whenever a person is, is that type of person from that childhood is faced with conflict, they shy away from it because the pain of seeing mom hit or seeing uh, uh, the, the physical things that happen between a parent, between their parents, uh, all of that pain comes up when there's a conflict. So they try to avoid it as much as possible. And that's where next week's show is going to play such an important role because what you've described there is counter to what we're discussing, where that is not healthy ways to approach conflict. But that's where next week we're really going to get into those strategies when you're having conflict, but how you can do it in a healthy way, because there is a healthy way to do it. Mm -hmm. So aside from avoiding and competing with each other when we're in conflict in our relationships, what other things or styles do we use 
when we're in those moments. Another conflict style is accommodating. So accommodating is when because of fear or uh, or other emotions, a person, uh, a totally one person, the relationship accommodates everything that the other person uh, wants. So let us use the example of Jack and Jill again. Let us say that they're is a limited budget and they're thinking of doing something with that money. Now, Jill wants to renovate the kitchen, the kitchen as most women would, and Jack wants this new sport car. And so Jill might realize that the, the kitchen is really in a dilapidated state. It really needs upgrading. And uh, the car that they have is at present is not a bad car, but Jack wants that sport car. And so the accommodating Jill uh, turn into scriptures like, Wives, submit yourself to your own husband, accommodates Jack and say, Well, just let him have his way. You know, he's the head of the house and, you know, that's what he wants. They should do it. And then this person will, Jill might find herself in a situation where Every decision that has to be made is is done in Jack's favor. And so Jill is accommodating all the time. Or it might be a situation where there is not the spiritualization of the issue, but Jack might be the kind of man that gets very angry and goes into a rage. And Jill is afraid of that temper. And so whenever there is a situation, a decision to be made, like in this case of how the resources should be spent, instead of standing up and saying, I think the kitchen is really in a bad state, we need to change those cupboards or whatever the need might be, she might say, just go ahead, Jill, Jack, whatever you want, just go ahead. So that's the accommodating style. So in the accommodating style, a person is putting, uh, in this case, Jill is putting Jack, Jack's need or the other person's needs before the need of the relationship and, and, and her needs. And from what I'm seeing with that is it's not the putting the person before, it's that it's consistently all the time the other yes. person's needs. Because there are times where we put our partner's needs first, but this is edged into dysfunction where it's always the other person. Yes, it's always the other person. Yes, and I think you're right with that. There are some times when we have to give up our needs for the other. And I'm not against uh, uh, submitting, spouse submitting, but I think there can be a way in which submission can be used as a way to manipulate and control women in Christian marriages. So I think it's important to make sure that that scripture is not being used, you know, for your spouse to do whatever he wants at your expense. Because of the other part of that scripture also say, husband, love your wives, even as Christ loved the, loved the church. And a love in Christ was able to lay down his life. So if Christ laid down his life, then maybe Jack could give up that sport car for the renovated kitchen. Most likely, most <laughs> likely. But um, but I'm glad you bring that up because that is sometimes a flogging stick that can be used. And I'm glad you brought up that completion of that verse. I think it's really, really helpful. What other conflict styles do the we see? The other conflict style is a compromising. And the compromising conflict style is where uh, a person gives up 
what they want for the sake of the other person. Uh, sometimes it's not accommodating all the time, like the accommodating style, but it's okay. We have this decision to make. Do we have the sport car? Do we have the renovated kitchen? And uh, Jack might say, well, I'm going to give up that sport car this time for you to have the renovated kitchen. But the problem with 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 compromising, if you if you have a compromising uh conflict style you could find yourself in a situation where one you're you're compromising all the time or you could find yourself in a situation where you're always playing out win-lose scenarios or lose-lose scenarios let's take this example of the renovated kitchen and the car a win-lose scenario would be where uh, Jill say, well, I'm giving up the kitchen for, so that you can have that sport car. So she has given up everything, uh, all of her needs for the sake of Jack. So that's a, a win-lose. But you could also have a lose-lose situation where each partner lose something. So Jack does not get that sport car, the, the 2018 edition that you wanted, but he might get the 2010 edition, which is a little bit less expensive. And so that Jill could get some of the kitchen. So instead of getting that island that she needed, she might not get the island, but she might get the cupboard. So there is a, a lose-lose they all give up something. So that's not necessarily the the, the best uh, conflict style. Well, a lot of people talk about compromising. I don't think it's necessarily uh, the best because uh, compromising can lead to resentment over time if it's to win-lose all the time, and it can lead to bitterness. And it can also lead to this, ah, you know, it's sort of like, uh, we sort of get a little bit, but none of us is really happy. And about in my this mind, scenario. I would start keeping score. Like I'm up to giving ups. It's your turn to give up some now too. Like I would end up in that competitive range with this compromise right. too, where mm-hmm. if I'm on the losing end too many times, man, it's going to get tired fast. Yes, yes. So we said we had five conflict styles right. and my count were at number five. So what is that final conflict the style? The final conflict style is collaborate, collaborating. Uh, the collaborating conflict style is where Jack and Jill will say, okay, you want the kitchen. Jill, you want the kitchen. I want that sport car. Let us sit and look at the pros and the cons of doing each at this time. So they sit as a team and they will look together at the budget. They will look together at the needs of the family. Do we really need that sport car? How many kids do we have? Would a caravan, you know, would a van be better? We have three kids or four kids they can't all fit in that in that uh in that uh sport car so maybe what's best for the family at this time is not the sport car whereas the kitchen is more uh, of of something that we use every day and with the kids that we have it's best for this time so collaborating takes effort and it takes people being able to put put their emotions aside and their passion and to have decision. And with compromising, you will find that both parties can come away with a win-win because they're doing what's best for the family. You don't feel like a martyr. You don't feel like this person that's avoiding or accommodating, but you feel that you're doing it for us because this moves us forward as a couple. And that's one of those things we talked about last week that the effects of positive conflict where it actually makes the couple and the family better because you see each other's perspective you build more through that 
that collaborative effort. But as you right. say, it takes time and effort to get to that place. Absolutely. So I'd like you to consider these five, as we close today, consider these five conflict styles. We have talked about competing, avoiding, accommodating, compromising, and collaborating. Where do you fall? And and are you, is your your needs been met in in the relationship are your needs been met in the relationship that you find yourself in or are you the person that is always compromising or do you feel like a martyr you're always accommodating the next person or are you the avoider where you're just so afraid of conflict or are you this competing style where there is a lot of chaos and conflict in your relationship i think the best style to get to is where there can be collaboration by both parties so we've come to the end of today's show and i do hope that you move your conflict style towards collaborating uh, if you would like to receive more information about this or any other topic please give us a call at at 1-877-544-3546 or go to our website at elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. So until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services. And Melissa Waggett. Praying together that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart.